Well, Jack Dunphy, so thrilled to have you back on the show. Um, uh, I was looking at our our last chat. It was about two years ago, and you were yeah. at, you were at Slam Dance um, during um, pandemic uh, yeah. fu- fury. So we we talked about Revelations, and then I became I became a big fan of yours. I mean, I love the film, and then uh, watched all your other stuff too. And you're, you're probably I think you're the only uh, short film like filmmaker that I've had on for a full length episode. Cause usually oh. I feel like, Oh, we only got a few minutes to talk. Like, yeah. I don't know what to talk about, but I remember enjoying our conversation so much. It just kind of went on for a full episode. So I'm excited yeah. to t- talk to you about, uh, some very cool news. Your, your new film, Bob's funeral is, uh, going to be at Sundance 2024 this year. Yep. So that's why we're here today to talk about it. Um, so yeah, tell us. I, first off, I love the film. Thank you. Um, I mean, I, I I knew I would, but it was it, man, it really got to me too. I watched it and it was very powerful. Yeah. Tell us about the film. Tell us about uh, you know what people can expect when they go see this. Well, um, yeah, it's called Bob's Funeral. It's a it's a documentary, but it's got a good amount of animation in it. Um, sort of a hybrid. It. Uh, God, I, shit, I should have prepared for this a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, it centers around I take a uh, a camera into my estranged grandfather's funeral because my dad's side of the family has always been distant, uh, never really knew them. I grew to understand that there was friction between my dad and his dad and basically his entire side of the family. I later found out that my dad wanted to change his name to Dunphy because he gave uh, – me and my sister, my mom's last name, which is Dunphy. And my mom always was like, my, my, my husband's such a feminist. He, he named our kids after, you know, and then it later, I guess she found out near the end of his life. He was like, I just, I wanted the Freeman name to die. <laughs> and, but before that she was, she was like, he's a, he's Mr. Feminist. He's perfect man. And um, I'm sure that played something that uh, played a part in it as well. But uh so yeah, I was curious about that, and I use um, the question of who was my grandpa Bob that my dad couldn't stand, and we barely ever saw. And I use the footage I have of me sort of sneaking this camera into this funeral where you know his side of the family isn't as welcoming or understanding of my need to film everything as <laughs> my side of the family who knows me, and I use that footage as a lens to explore really my relationship with my dad. And then, um, it, you know, it, it reveals itself what it really is about. And I interweave animation, which uh, portrays memories I have, embarrassing, vulgar, uh, you know, kind of screwed up memories uh, that provide some insight into father-son dynamic or just child-parent dynamic. And it goes from there. And it goes to... Uh, some places I think you probably wouldn't expect it to go to when it starts. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, And I, I think what I, I just found so fascinating too, is just the two families, you, you couldn't get two families that were more different from yeah. each other. And, right. and, 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 you know, I'm always, I'm always like intrigued by like what draws one person to another person when they, when they initially get together. So like your, your, your mom and your dad, yeah. um, just like I don't know if we're trying to like fill something up that we didn't get with our family if like right like with his the the, the Freeman side how just kind of uh 
you know, like kind of non non emotional. And it sounds like they kept to themselves. I can relate in a lot of ways. I have one side of my family that is very much like, completely related to that side of it. So it was. It's really intriguing how um, someone is. You know, you're kind of drawn to the, like something completely opposite, yeah. seemingly just to, for whatever reason. And then you know the family dynamics there. So so interesting and <laughs> trying to be understood. I don't know. I don't want to spoil. Yeah. this for you know for folks because I'm, I'm excited for people to see this and especially that it's going to be at Sundance um, we want to keep a lid on it but we want to make sure uh, people are intrigued enough to to check it out and be aware of it uh, how long did this project take you to make well it's an extraction from a feature documentary animation hybrid that's been going on for eight years since my dad died i filmed my dad as he died uh it's not funny it's just i'm <laughs> I, I can't believe how insane i am i uh yeah it was three or four days straight of him in hospice care which was just another floor of the hospital you think hospice is going to be some nice uh cottage by the sea where they can pass into the next but no it was horrible it's just um Family feud was in every room, so it was just constant family feud and people yelling out the answers in their <laughs> cells while my dad was dying. Um, anyway, uh, so I filmed that whole thing in real time. It's really graphic footage of my dad dying, and uh, it's telling. I mean, there's a lot there, um, conversations I had with my family in the hospital, and uh, it was a way for me to, I guess, process that event. And so that footage... You see a snippet of it in Bob's funeral, but that's the foundation for the larger documentary, which has evolved as I've evolved. And and now that movie is as much about me as the event of his death and sort of how insane I went in the process of making that movie. So this is a very long winded answer, uh, but basically this short was a scene from the feature. And I thought, well, it's Sundance time. Try to get something done for Sundance and uh well, hell, maybe I'll just take this out and uh, build on it and expound on this event of going to my grandpa's funeral, which would just be a quick scene in the future. Yeah. And so the answer is like a month and a half, but also eight years. Mm -hmm. And Revelations, which was at Slam Dancing, you talked to me about that the first time we met. That was also something that I pulled out of the uh, <laughs> the heap of of footage and ideas and animation and archival uh footage from the feature so i've gotten two shorts out of this feature and hopefully i'll get a feature out of it eventually <laughs> get a feature out of the feature yeah yeah i think um i just love the way you you mix all the different elements and and, and then one thing you said um in, in this short film something to the effect of how when you when you're able to document what's happening in your life when you're filming it, it gives you, I don't know what you said exactly, but it gives you like the courage to ask maybe right. more pointed questions uh, as opposed to if you didn't have that camera there. Talk to me a bit about that. I, I found that fascinating. Yeah, I think I say uh, when I get behind the camera, I get this weird journalistic like courage to ask real questions that I might not otherwise. And uh, I don't know what it is. The, the camera is a barrier between you and the subject. 
uh, even if the subject is your family, that's still uh, in, in that context, in that moment, they're your subject and you're the filmmaker. And I, I don't know what gives me the gall um, to ask questions and say things behind the camera that I might not otherwise. Maybe it's because it's a heightened reality. Someone is being filmed. All of a sudden, they realize on a conscious or subconscious level that they are the subject of some, even if it's just iPhone footage. And so that changes their guard either goes up or down and either way it says something about the person and you're going to get an answer that's unique and different than it would be if you were just in a car with them speaking and maybe just in a car with them speaking is more honest uh, or confessional in, in a traditional way. But once you bring the camera into it, the answers get a little weird and a little bit, oh, wow, how did that come out of my mouth just because of the presence of the camera? So I think that works on either side of the camera. I'm surprised by what I ask or say. And then the same is true for the person in front of the camera. Um, that's all I got for you right now. I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. I love I love on your your mom's side of the family. It just seemed from the footage that we see in the film, they they're just used to this behavior. They, they accept it. it and they they really do well at like, you know, humoring you or not even humoring you, but it's just like, this is just who Jack is. This is, yeah. this is what, this was what comes along with it. My and, aunt Kelly, who's very spirited and a great character. She, uh, she allows me to film her for all the formal documentaries. And even she acted in a narrative thing I did recently, but she won't let me post any videos on social media of her. <laughs> And I was like, why do you let me do the 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 movies? But not I can't do like a fun social media. And she's like, because people actually see the social media stuff. <laughs> she, so, so there you uh, go. That's some truth right there, right? That's yeah. some harsh <laughs> man. <laughs> Damn. Um well I so I thought it was so and we're not gonna spoil anything, but just like you talked to an aunt on the other side of the family and yeah. what well, she said something that just made me laugh really hard when she's like, well, what do you want? What do you want me to say? What are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? What do you want yeah. me to say? My dad's uh, my dad's sister, who I, by all accounts, is a good person. I have, you know, neutral, fine memories of her as when we were kids, but I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her since my dad's funeral. And I hadn't seen her for a long time uh, before my grandpa's funeral, which is when I cornered her to be interviewed and there was actually a, a sequence of me trying to get her to cooperate with that interview because she agreed to do it but then she just keeps making excuses and finding random people for me to talk to i don't know uh, excuse me what's what's your name tom 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 whatever tom tom pentagraph okay this is my nephew he, would you like to get a few uh would you like to just talk to him for a second and they're like i i have to find bill henderson and i'll be back or something and it's just it went on for so long and uh i wanted to include it because it was just a great sort of endurance process sequence of uh her trying to just you know pawn me off on someone but it was too long for the short um but i think you get the essence of she's just she agreed to do it but then it's like why am i doing this what the fuck is going on <laughs> and um i uh I, I I I'm I see now that maybe her dad's funeral wasn't the time to <laughs> corner her and be like, explain yourself. <laughs> Why aren't you in my life? Why are you the way you are? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. So that was weird. But I 
think I did it relatively compassionately. The the moment where I say, why do you think? Well, I won't I won't uh, spoil it, but I ask mm -hmm. her a pointed question that's difficult. And I, that was the one moment where I sort of I was bold. I like I, ch I chose I, I I let myself be bold or I forced myself to rather in that moment. Sometimes you have that moment when you're doing documentary filmmaking where you just you have to impose and you have to make the moment you have to you have to feel that moment of like okay i have to push myself to say an uncomfortable thing or ask an uncomfortable question so i was more bold back then i i was less caring about how comfortable <laughs> the person is and i i'm different now i like to think i am yeah i i care more now or i i'm aware i'm cognizant of i maybe i'm more empathetic I thought I, I always thought I was an empathetic person, but I'm I'm starting to feel now like that sort of bully mentality of my art matters more than everything. <laughs> um, get, you know, whatever. Uh, I'll, let me get what I want from you and then move on. <laughs> That's caused a lot of problems in my personal relationships. Uh, so mostly actually with my family, my, my sister specifically. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to be a lot better about that. Well, at least with the the footage that I, that I'm seeing, it yeah they pointed questions in, in a couple instances, but there's there's this like very strong level of like I'm getting like kindness and humor along with these with these pointed questions, so yeah. it is a bit disarming. I would imagine for I mean I don't know, but like the other person, so I mean they're they're smiling <laughs> as you ask these questions. Uh, but you do have this kindness and th this this humor mixed in with like the dramatic. It's a really interesting combination of things that just comes across when you do ask these questions. I find it like one of the reasons I love your film so much is it just has this strong element of truth. And, you, you know, you're not afraid to where other people might be afraid to like embarrass themselves, I'm not saying you're embarrassing yourself in these, but you do, you're not afraid to make yourself the butt of a joke. Uh, yeah. And it really does like the, the, the truthfulness comes out and it just makes the film so, so beautiful in the end. Yeah. Thanks man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Of course. Um, so I, I guess in the last two years since we've talked, um, you know, you've been working on this feature, uh, tell us about what's, you know, kind of fill me in as much as where you'd have like I been, to, where have you been in the last two years? If you, you know, fill me in yeah. as, as much or as little as you'd like. I've been doing the same things. I mean, I've been focusing there are a few, fe uh, there's a, there's another feature besides this feature that I've been uh, working on, but also I, I made, uh, a good, good amount of shorts that just didn't screen really. I did two narrative shorts, uh, that just didn't get a lot of play. Uh, one of them I think is pretty good. It's called Dot on Earth. It stars my girlfriend, Colleen Rose Trendy, and then Jesse Pinnock, who's an actress who I work with on, on a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, myself. Dot on Earth. Yeah, I, I, I hope that one. It, it will get out there. It will be online. But yeah, it just didn't. I, I And George Jatuski shot it who and produced it, who's a great, great friend and filmmaker he made a slam dance best of show winner hannah ha ha and uh he he did a great job and so i'm proud of that one and uh i think it'll get out there and and, and people seem to pe like it 
You know, that's the thing is like when mm. it doesn't get in anywhere, you're like, oh, I guess I fucked up or it's not, sorry, I'm creating a lot of work <laughs> for you to you're do fine. these I gotta, Johnny Cash beeps. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> um, but I actually had a programmer kind of insinuate. He's like, it's great. You, you know, I can't program this <laughs> because there's some tough elements, some mature elements that are a little difficult right now. Uh, is it available anywhere right now? Or are you kind of, are you, it's, holding go, it's off going on? to be, it's going to be available online. Um, there's a few more screenings in New York that we're going to do. Uh, so yeah, I may, I've been every year I have, uh, at least one or two shorts and that's not bragging about my prolificness. That's just like sort of the, uh, I don't know. I use these, these festival deadlines as, as an incentive to make stuff. And I, mm -hmm. someone who needs a deadline. So it, it creates a problem where I guess I put too much emphasis on being accepted by festivals, which is very, it's a, it's a nebulous moving target, you know, who's on the jury, who's gonna, what the year is like, what people are looking for, what you're doing. And you never really know the answer why things get in or don't get mm -hmm. in. Um, I like to think that if something gets in, it's just because it's really good. Um, but I've made things that get in places that I don't think are good, and I then I resent the film festival. For, like <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you didn't take any of the good stuff, and you took this thing because it's cute and like not challenging. Um, which sounds insane. That sounds very spoiled and ridiculous of me to say that. But um, so yeah, I've been making stuff. I've been making. I've been working on the feature, both features. I the narrative and the documentary. Who knows. Hopefully at least one gets done uh, relatively soon. And then the shorts and then the podcast, uh, which I'm saddened to say I probably talked to you about two years ago and it's still not out, but it will be soon. It's called Revelations with Jack Dunphy, which was what the, the short was called. But Revelations with Jack Dunphy, I talked to artists about their struggles with uh, addiction, uh, autobiography, uh, mental health, but it's also funny. Mm. And I give my monologues in the beginning and just sort of explain where I've been the past couple of years in terms of uh, relapse, going into recovery, uh, falling in love, getting my heart broken, all this kind of stuff. It's just sort of uh, stories from my life. And the through line is sort of my friend John Sabula, who died of an overdose. He's my best friend and an incredible artist who we're trying to get his work out there. And that's sort of threaded throughout the podcast. I talk about John a little bit in the intros and sometimes in the interviews, and then it will culminate to a big special, which is just sort of, um, I don't want to liken it to This American Life, but that kind of structure, mm -hmm. that sort of produced, crafted episode where it's a lot of different people talking about him and interviews from him and clips from movies we made together in high school and, and college and stuff. Um but no famous people in it. But there are somewhat famous people in, in all the episodes before that. Laura Albert, who we you, I know you've talked to, Cave yeah. um, Zahedi and Betsy Brown and Peter Vack. And those episodes are all sort of unpacking the messiness of our own relationships. So if you if you like to hear people talk through their their business and kind of lay it on the line a little bit, um, it might be of interest. Man, you got to get that out there. I know it's coming out. Talkhouse Network. <laughs> Uh, the Talkhouse Podcast Network is putting it out, and it's it's should almost be done. I think my produce my producer Nick, I don't know if he, yeah, Nick Dawson. I don't know if he likes his name said publicly, but he's out there. He hosts the Talkhouse Podcast, so he's out there. He has been so patient, so patient. But I'm starting to see 
him ch- like <laughs> okay we need to talk about when this is gonna be out um and he just has such a calm uh half british accent and he's so <laughs> compassionate but when he gets like you you can tell you're pushing him it feels like <laughs> it feels like when it feels like when your therapist is mad at you like yeah you know it would be nice if you came on time or you know like <laughs> so yeah i've been busy that, well that's great i mean that's yeah super exciting man that sounds like a podcast right up my alley i know my listeners would would dig it as well so we'll make sure once that's ready to go and out there Cool. Like we'll we'll mention it for sure. Thanks. Now, now so you, yeah, you've been in a lot of festivals, and um, you were in Sundance a few years ago too, right? Am I wrong? Or- yeah, I've been in there a couple times. Okay. First one was 2015 with a short called Serenity, which was my first proper. I mean, I made films all through high school and childhood and everything, but it was my first proper like, oh, I can show the world this, not just people who know me mm-hmm. and think I'm funny. <laughs> Uh, so that, that was in, it was a very, I had no, no, no idea how to handle Sundance. I was like so young. It was, I felt like a fluke. Uh, and then the next year check off short film that I did also that, that year was even worse. I was drinking a lot and being miserable in the snow and not knowing how to talk elevation. to people. Yeah. That high elevation, elevation and, and, uh, and I also had a short in there that year called Bob Dylan Hates Me that I didn't direct, but I animated for Cave Zahedi. And uh, those are my Sundance experiences. And I'm trying to go in with a much better headspace this time and some confidence, some feeling of like, <laughs> yeah, I I belong here. Not not this feeling of I remember I Mark Duplass and Jay Duplass spoke at uh, my first or second Sundance. And he then they said, please remember, if this is your first time, this isn't a fluke. You're supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't some accident. And that really was the feeling that I had was, it's a fluke. It's mm-hmm. an accident. And uh, I'm trying to get over that. And I think that I've, I'm old enough now, 74 years old, that <laughs> I... I like I can I can feel that, you know, because I live here. I live and I go to I go to Sundance every year, and and it is kind of um, I it, it is interesting because you you know it's usually uh, for the most part there's like a lot of people that come every year, but for the most part I'm meeting just all new people, so it's like a it's like a yeah. new it's a new group, um, and I I get the sense there the imposter syndrome is is like is heavy it's slam dance at sundance especially people coming in but it's so true it's like if you tip for for the most part if you're there you deserve to be there um and i think um it is a it's a nerve-wracking experience i can't imagine from the filmmaker's point of view being up there it's exciting but it's also it's just it's a very intense place to be uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a blast, but it's like, it's just a lot, a lot is going on. And if, you know, all these artists and, you know, a, a lot of us have like just sensory overload and it's just, it's, it can be overwhelming and exhausting and it can be, it's a marathon, but yeah. So this is like, let's say this is like your first real experience with, 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 with a, with a Sundance because you're coming in, you, you've been a couple times, um, 
it's changed. You know, I went last year and it had been offline for, you know, two or three years. And I definitely sensed it felt I had a lot more fun last year. Um, I don't know if it just it, this level of appreciation uh, was palpable. Not that it wasn't before, but it just felt like it felt new in a way. And I think that was just being away for three years um, and, and, and doing it online. So uh, there, there is like a really cool energy that I experienced last year. What are you like looking forward to, you know, you, you've been a couple of times, but I feel like it's going to be a completely different uh, situation this time around. What are you most excited about? Wow. Seeing people, seeing people that I don't get to see otherwise. And our friendships are sort of sequestered into little DM relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm excited to see people. Yeah. To see people. And I'm nervous about other things. I'm nervous about all, like, cause I'm trying to view it as a business yeah. thing. Uh, so it's hard for me to say what I'm excited about on a fun level. Cause I'm not really going, I'm, I'm trying to be open to experiences and, and have fun organically, but I'm not going in like, this is a party. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that attitude didn't work for me a couple times. <laughs> Yeah, and even the, even then it wasn't like <laughs> yeah even the, even then it wasn't like this is a party I'm gonna have so much fun I was like this is a party and I'm going to be in eighth grade again and stand in the corner <laughs> and with my Fanta and just hope that I, no one notices how embarrassing I am uh, in the world <laughs> so yeah yeah well, I think I, it's, I, I yeah. it's going to be great it's going to be great yeah. man you're, you're going to love it and I'll be there so you can always text me if you're like All right, cool yeah I can stand. With you, with the Fanta as well. We'll have our Fantas and and just hang out in the corner if we need yeah. to. Cave <laughs> Zahedi, uh, you know Cave, the filmmaker Cave Zahedi. I know the name. I don't, I don't. So he was my professor and mentor, and our relationship has gone through so many, uh, so much turbulence. But uh, he did give me one piece of advice that has changed my the way that I navigate social situations and parties and stuff which is take a seat just sit <laughs> if you're at a big mixer and stuff and everyone's walking around just take a seat and you if you don't know who to talk to just sit down and people will come to you i love that it's amazing how well that works <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah it really is okay i'm taking that i'm taking that on as well that's so cool um okay so let's talk about uh I don't know, man. We, I feel like we, we, we kind of covered a lot here, but I, I feel like I want to, you know, hang out a little bit longer. Sure. Um, let's talk about maybe films or books or music that you've been inspired by or have been enjoying lately. Anything that kind of strikes you that you want to recommend to people? Well, I've been inspired by my friends, uh, Jordan Tatuski. I, act, I actually just acted in his latest film, and I think we're going to do reshoots for that. I'm excited about that one. He's just great. And his partner, Josh Pivlosky, I think I'm saying that right, they've co-directed three movies now, one yet to be completed, that I think are really distinctive and unique. And if they were making them in the 90s, I think people would be saying these guys are the new Richard Linklater. Um 
and I think people should see them. They're 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 compassionate. They're humanistic. They're very class conscious. And Hannah Haha was the first one. Berman's March now is making the rounds, and then the new one uh, that I'm in hopefully will be out uh, next year. I just think they're doing great work. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm. I'm I'm plugging into what people around me are doing more mm -hmm. less than I should but you know I was very solo for a long time and very sort of you know w what's the expression my I had my nose up uh to people who were always hanging out and being part of a scene and I was like I'm just a lone rain I'm just a cowboy <laughs> like I I don't know I go in my room and do my little voiceovers and um <laughs> Now I'm starting to see the value in I don't know what distinguishes a community from a scene. A community is important. A scene, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But um I did hear Brian Eno talking about senius. You know, the <laughs> the genius that comes out of being in a scene or a community, and I'm starting to plug into that. Like, yeah, no, you need people to push yourself forward and be influenced and sort of be in dialogue with. Yeah. I'm reading, um, this new book about Francis Ford Coppola and it's primarily, primarily about the making of apocalypse now. Uh, but then also a huge part of it is like the, the, the company zoetrope and just his, like this idealistic concept of creating a, a community of artists to like kind of be, be able to like control all of their stuff and have this like grand vision he had to, you know, make a community, make a scene. Uh, it's a really an incredible book. Um, I think it just came out recently. Sam Wasson wrote it, but um, it, it just seems that really good art can come out of a, of a community like that. And it's so yeah. cool. Cause you don't, I don't feel like you see it a ton, uh, but when you do and it's, and it's functioning right. And there's not this, like, maybe there's some healthy competition mixed in, but ultimately people are trying to help each other, uh, to elevate them to the next, um, level and, and just using everyone's different strengths to make a better piece of art in the end. Um, that's cool that you have, that you're able to tap into that, uh, where you're at. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's incredible. Okay. Uh, I wanted to jump back. I had a couple more questions about the film uh, specifically, but all, kind of all your films. So it seems like you're very comfortable around your family, which I, I think is great. Uh, like, you know, there's a, there's a, there's some scenes in Bob's funeral um, where I think it's just you and your sister. Yeah. Um, so T tell me about I'm just really curious about like when you show your finished film to the family uh how do you feel like what's going on through your head um I know it, for yeah. me my family different kind of family but I'd be mortified with some of the stuff <laughs> yeah but I'm just uh, really I'm really fascinated because I'm jealous about you know on, on your mom's side that it seems like such a cool group of people there oh. uh so tell me tell me about that they seem very non-judgmental non but just like 
they'll make fun of you, but they love you. And it's like, it just seems like a very cool mix. So I'm curious, like when they actually watch the film, especially if they are taking part in it, uh, how, what's that like? How do you feel and how do they react? I don't know. I mean, my sister watches all my stuff. I don't know that my mom or my aunt do watch all my stuff because a lot of it is sexual and, uh, personal with the drug stuff and also um the the dead the, the the way i deal with death and talk about my dad and and other people i've lost that's very difficult for them so i don't know that they have uh seen everything but they they like it i think they say i'm talented and uh this movie i don't know how they're gonna take i don't know how it's it's caused issues already and so i don't know i think they will like it once they see it but there's a level of apprehension and i talk about some some deep-rooted stuff from my childhood that i've sort of only processed in the last couple years that is a little tough for people to even accept that it happened Mm -hmm. and they have their versions where what i'm saying uh, certain issues with, you know, the way trying to dance around it when the way my dad would lose his temper and sort of be physical. And, you know, the idea is not to condemn him and, and not to be victim me, uh, myself, not to try to self victimize, and rather use that as a way to sort of get to a, another uh, place with our relationship and show the journey and how we eventually um, were able to talk about it for in a very, very brief, open-ended way. So it's difficult. That I don't know how people are going to take because there are people who say that didn't happen. It just didn't mm-hmm. happen. Um. That's something that I'm I'm curious to see how that will unfold. Because at a certain point when you make autobiographical art, you have to kind of let the pieces fall where they may. And I've tried to be very compassionate. And there's stuff that I don't include because certain people are still alive. And I just mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, I, I if it was really interesting and I knew it would be great, I would I would probably have to plunge ahead. But there are certain avenues that I stop myself from even going down, which might be wrong. That might be the wrong impulse. Um, but either way, no matter how compassionate you try to be, no matter how many names you change, no matter how much of a heads up you give people, no matter how much, you know, I wrote a piece for TalkHouse um, called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. No, really. And it was sort of a a faux review of the Charlie Kaufman movie. I'm thinking of ending a thing, but really it's all about me, like everything I do. <laughs> and there was a, an episode or a, a scene within the essay slash story about uh, a girl I had a thing with in New York, a woman, and it was it didn't work out. And uh, I only talked about her briefly and I changed her name and I didn't think I was saying anything unflattering. I could have given her a heads up, but we didn't have a relationship like that. And when it dropped, wow, was she mad? I mean, she was mad. I know I'm I'm drifting away from your initial question about family and stuff. No, this is inter- this is interesting. I mean, just yeah, how people respond to to your to art. 
you know it's, yeah it's uh, and other people love it i mean I, I made a short called brontosaurus where i talk about my relationship with a, a person who now has her own uh feature film at slam dance called sam's world her name was little her name is lily lady and she loved what i did and that actually strengthened our relationship because before then it was like we had this sexual little emotional fling and then it you know but i never got to know her until after i made the short and her reaction to it was so positive and then and now we're like friends mm -hmm. whereas before we were just people that hooked up and bonded on eating disorders and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it strengthens relationships. Sometimes it doesn't. And I wish it always was a positive thing because I'm really not out to get anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is. Uh, that is a really interesting because I, I remember Jonathan Ames. He, he said once um, that when he would write, his nonfiction essays, people thought he was like making it up and then he'd write, <laughs> fic then he'd write fiction and people would be like, Oh, this is you. Right. Uh, so th that's kind of how I guess the bored to death. I don't know if you, you're a fan of bored to death. Yeah. But, um, that's how that partly came about was that's why he uses his own name uh, in that is because yeah. he, people would always, and it would really annoy him that people so he's like well i'm just gonna write this piece of fiction because people think it's me anyways but i'm gonna make it like kind of this cool <laughs> noir detective and i'm just gonna call him jonathan ames so it is like you have no control i i suppose we no we don't um over how people react to it but it is interesting like some people will r respond really well or or not so well or they just don't care i mean i guess maybe that's the best place to be is if people don't people care, care if they're if they're involved i don't know um but i uh, it sounds like it you have like an element of like you you, you, you it's in your mind like you don't want to hurt anyone uh but you want to create good stuff um, so it doesn't sound like it censors you that much, maybe a little bit, but not like ultimately for like uh, the final vision that you have. It doesn't really get in the way of that. No, not really. Uh, but it's something I think about and I don't, you know, my, my, uh, this filmmaker Kaveh Zahedi, who I was so influenced by. He, uh, you know, I talked with him for my podcast and I tried to, I don't know, get something out of him, get the change the way he thinks about certain things. But it's like, that's not going to happen. It's like, I'm going to really corner grandma this Christmas and, <laughs> and, and, you know, get her to think about her racist. Uh, <laughs> and it, it doesn't, it's not going to happen. Like, what do you think's going to. Yeah. But I, so I, I was talking to him and I was just talking about like, do you care about people's feelings? And he, you know kind of doesn't and he's kind of open about that i mean he does but he doesn't like not in not in not before his art and his attitude is very much my art is so beautiful and his art is great but it's like it's so good that it's a it's so much more important than people's feelings so why would i ever prioritize people's feelings over this thing that's going to be a great piece of work and will help people that's a little bit um it's it's hard to say with complete certainty, complete certainty, my work will help people in a sort of vague, impersonal way. It just will help the planet. Mm -hmm. 
and those people that will be helped outweighs the people who would be hurt. And also, you know, my my own gratification for creating something I think is really aesthetically and and uh, you know whatever formalistically, intellectually, emotionally, um, good. That's more important than other people's feelings too. Yeah. So I am more important. <laughs> Ultimately. And I don't know. And I really thought that for a long time. I thought that this was what I was doing was so important. <laughs> and and just just it's a beautiful thing. And it will this this work of art will matter more than your immediate feelings or even long lasting grudges. And it's not as cut and dry for me anymore. Because in my gut, I kind of do believe that. Mm -hmm. But also, there's this other thing pulling this this more sort of moral thing pulling me in this other way, which is, really, how do you know? Like, just don't hurt people. Don't yeah. don't, don't be so careless. So it's something that I think about. It's something I have to negotiate for myself. The goal is that, because I can't think of it. I mean, look. Bob's funeral is pretty hard on Bob. Like it, it's it's not a flattering portrayal of him. Yeah. But that's a that's a different kind of situation. So most people, if I'm making something about them, that's an expression of love, or at least obsession. <laughs> uh, so it's I wish that people could take it that way all the time, but they don't. They don't yeah. always take it the way, and sometimes they do, and that's a great thing. Yeah. But ultimately, I think you do have a sort of responsibility to your. Uh, I feel like I'm using the word art too much, but your your uh, whatever it is you feel like you were kind of put on the planet to do, which also sounds self-aggrandizing. But <laughs> you know, it's it's what you do. I don't I don't know. You know, is that Bob Dylan line? You do what you must do, and you do it well. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I—I I mean, especially with Bob's funeral, you know, I—I I found myself thinking a lot about my own life and my relationship with family members who've, yeah, who are alive and and who've passed away, and so I think it it, it is like it 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 can have, and like I was saying earlier, like your work is so like truthful that it. It, I mean, it just comes off that way. This is just so honest and, and truthful that it really does have this, like, I, I, I would argue, like a broad appeal to people. Um, you would think. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm always like, what are you talking about? This thing is, this is gonna, this is for everyone. And then, and then it's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well. <a> <laughs> well, the people that like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's gonna hit on with with people who are open to things and 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 like yeah the fact that it was programmed at sun at sundance that's huge like someone saw this people saw this and they were like this needs to be in with the mix and you know i would 100% agree with it and i i know like i'm excited to find like hopefully i get to see this with the audience um, I would just love to see this with a group of people and, and kind of, kind of see the reaction as I'm sure, of course you are, um, it's going to be, you know, a really cool experience. And before we wrap up, let's make sure we 
so it's going to be January 20th. We'll get the details for people later. But January 20th is when the screening for Bob's Funeral is. Yeah, that's the premiere. I think it's at 10 o'clock at the Ray. I believe okay. that's that's when it premieres. Okay. Yeah, I'll have yeah. a link. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Okay, so yeah. I'll have the link to that. Um, but no, I think you know, and I we I've talked a lot about this on my show where it is like the more you're willing to really put yourself out there with um, your writing, your film, any kind of art, your music, whatever. Um, it tends to the more specific you are, and the more honest you are, the greater it can impact an audience. Um, so it's like I watch this, I watch this film, and you know, you know, I have a very, we all have very different lives. We're all individuals, but so much of it resonates with feelings that I had. And I'm like, I'm not an emotional person, and I found myself tearing up. You're not I, an emotion. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not really an emotional person. Um, or the older I've gotten, it's you know, it it's not really, it's not there as much as it used to be. And so I found myself like watching this and and kind of tearing up, which I can't say that's mm. that ever happens to me. And there was just and I was laughing and it was just like I was like this is great, which makes me so excited to hear that it's you know there's a feature film in the works because I'm like this is like the best thing. I mean I hate to pick favorites on things, but I'm like this is like the best thing he's done. Yeah. Um, and you know, I love everything else that I've seen, but I'm like, this is just so, I just feel like I know this guy, uh, now it it was so cool. So I, I know it's going to impact people, um, on if, you know, I'm not the only person. So it's like, it's going to impact people and you know, the people that matter, I think it it will have a strong impact. Um, really, really happy for you, man. I think this is like so cool that, that you're coming back to Sundance strong and, and feeling good. And, prepared for it uh and it's like i i just i wish you the best anything else you want to say as we as we kind of wrap up here today do you have kids i don't have any kids okay i have have three dogs (laughs) okay because i would imagine that would open something up emotionally yeah i don't don't have kids either so you're not an emotional do you have an emotional reaction to art generally if i you know, if I only if I really love it, I can like something. I watch a lot of stuff that I like and I read a lot of stuff that I like. And I'm like, oh, that was enjoyable. I like that. I have like no really critiques of it. No complaints. I'm not a critic at all. Um, but when something like I yeah, I guess that's you. I mean, I'm kind of I haven't really thought about that. But I guess like if if it's something that I would I'll go as far as to say I love it, then it does have an emotional impact on me. So it's like watching right. your film. I'm not thinking I love this, but that's what it is. It's like I love this thing and I think it's beautiful and I want to share it with other people. So I think like uh, occasionally art will get me. Music will get me. Um, I'm I'm in a book club called the goth book club with uh, one of my favorite writers l nash and she picks the books and and we were talking about this uh in the book club meeting about um why are we drawn to like you know some of the books are pretty pretty fucked up um and uh you know not meant for like a 
mainstream publisher, nothing against that, but it's like, it just wouldn't, it's just not commercial on that level. And I had never thought of it before, but I just said, it. I think it's because like, it, it makes me feel something and it makes, yeah. that makes me happy that I'm like, I do have feelings still. I do have feelings. So it's right. like something when it, when like a really, and that's going back to like the truthfulness of it and just the honesty of the art. So I think, um, something that is so honest makes you feel like you're not alone ultimately. At least that's how I feel when I see something that yeah. uh, moves me. And that's what I'm saying with Bob's funeral. It it had that effect on me. And that was one reason um, I thought I had a feeling I was, I was going to really dig it, but I was like, I, I, I want to have him on for an hour this time if he's available, because uh, I just feel like there's a, a, a lot to talk about and, you know, ultimately probably more. I'm so excited. You have a podcast coming. That just thrills me. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I mean, it sucks. obviously it sucks. <laughs> sucks. I don't know. Yeah. And I have no production level. Like mine is like so bare bones. I don't like the, yeah. uh, so I, I can't imagine all the other stuff um, when you're trying to cut it together like that. And just like all the moving parts can be, pretty overwhelming but i think it's going to be well worth yeah. it it sounds fascinating the concept of it alone sounds great so thanks um, that's super exciting okay let's tell people um i know you're on instagram yeah um and it's J jack freeman murphy jack freeman dunphy dunphy murphy but that's that's that. weird because my <laughs> my alias in uh my my narrative script writing is like the family is usually called murphy murphy okay that's weird i don't know where that came from yeah um yeah so i'll have a link to that anywhere else any other links or places you want to mention just, people can just type check in you out. uh yeah jack dunphy vimeo you can see the the shorts i have public i have three on no budge currently and uh yeah i guess i also write for talk house um sometimes so those those articles are out there yeah i guess that's the majority of stuff i would plug uh, right now yeah Awesome. So we'll have links to that as well. Um, Jack Dunphy, thank you so much for being back. Um, I'm super excited for you. Um, excited to hopefully see the film in person with you up there. And uh, you're welcome to come back at any point. Thank you again. Awesome. So Thanks much for having me. Again. This was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs>